but we'll begin there in the fifth chapter, the 13th verse. Do you have it? We're going to read there, and then we're going to read a few scriptures in chapter 6 and a few verses in chapter 7. Now, when Joshua was near, where? Jericho. He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? Now let me just make mention, I've heard a sermon on this before when somebody said, actually in the Greek it's no. Okay, excuse me, in the Hebrew, it's no. Who are you for? Are you for them or are you for us? I'm just throwing this in for real quick, okay? Uh, I've heard a sermon on this, it's powerful, where the guy, he says, he replies, no. What do you mean no? He says, in other words, I'm for neither one of you. I'm not for, I'm not for the Christians and I'm not for the non-Christians. I said, man, who are you for? No. And some of you have heard of the neutron bomb, right? Powerful, powerful bomb. It's neutral. It's neutrons. That's what the God was saying. He said, I'm not just for the Christians or I'm not for the non-Christians. I'm in the middle. He said, I'm not for either one of them. But that's powerful. It's like the neutron bond. Powerful. It explodes. And that's when God is for us as well. He's for, he's for neither side. He's neutral. In other words, he can win us and he can win them. He's not going to be on one side. That way the power of God can rest on both. Then let's go on in verse 15. The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is what? Holy. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6, verse 17, 18, and 19. The city and all that is in it are to be what? Devoted. The city and how much? All. To the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies uh, uh, we sent. But keep away from the what? Devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own, what? Destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury, God's treasury. Jump jump down out of verse 24. Then they burned the whole city, everything, and everything in it. But they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house, being obedient. Chapter 7 now, verse 1 and 11. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Who? Achan. That's what the title of my sermon. Your Achan breaking heart. Achan. Okay. He took some of them, so the Lord's anger burned against Achan? No. Who? Israel. Corporate blessing, like Aniva was talking about yesterday. Look at verse 11. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. Mm. Verse 13. Go, consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. That which is what? Devoted is among you, O Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. Verse 15. He who is caught from the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done a disgraceful thing 
in Israel. Father, we pray that we would learn to understand, Lord God, what all it ensues being a Christian. So much is involved. Blessings, blessings, blessings. But Lord, there are stipulations to your blessings. There's obedience necessary to taste of the fruit of, obe- of, of your blessings, Lord God, as we're obedient unto you. Teach us to be obedient servants and bless your people thereby. Curse the curse, Lord God, and you be glorified here. Lord, may these individuals that are here today, Lord God, and that belong to our church, learn the keys to prosperity, Lord God, that you would prosper them, that they would put themselves in blessings' way and stay out of harm's destructive way. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody together said, Amen. Amen. Greet one another one more time with the love of the Lord. Whenever you're going to talk on finances and things like that, you need a lot of love. Uh, praise God. I've said it before. Whenever you're going to you know, talk on money, they say money talks, but nobody talks when I'm talking on money. How do you ever get any amens? Amen. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus. Now, see, finances, money can either, it can either be man's great friend or it can be man's great enemy. The choice is ours. See, money can turn people either in, into a saint or into a demon. I've seen it happen. It can happen like that. Uh, it can be used to build a church or it can be used to build a bar. Uh, it can. A nightclub. Now, we're currently involved in a project the church has already built to be able to purchase the place, to be able to go in. And at the end of the sermon, we're going to pick up some pledges in order to put your in blessings way and in order to become the people of dignity God has called us to be. We want a place of our own. Yeah, we do. I mean, 17 years. Come on. Uh, it's time to go out and get, claim our rightful, you know, piece of property or pieces of property that are available for us. Now, See, we're going to cover a financial principle that we've talked on before. You know. See, years ago, there was an old country song. Some of you won't remember. Very few of you will. By Hank Williams. Now, when I was growing up, and I've told you before, I mean, you know, I liked all kinds of music. I still do. I love music. But I have to attribute some of that to my mother because my mother used to listen to all kinds. She used to listen to country music. She was from the hood. My mother was from the hood. But she loved, you know, them. I mean, I used to, I remember being, being in Steckle Park and, and listening to the Everly Brothers. Uh, so funny, some songs, you know, dream, 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 dream. You know, so I got some of that in me. But there was this one song, and some of you will remember it. Very few, uh, probably. Uh, Your cheating heart. Uh, I mean, here we are in the neighborhood, you know, right up 12th Street, Santa Barbara. Your cheating heart. We'll tell on you, you know. Uh, <laughs> it says, your cheating heart will make me blue. Your cheating heart will tell on you. Okay? See, and I've toyed with that song along with my title here regarding your aching, breaking heart will make you blue. Your aching heart will tell on you. And of, of course, Billy Cyrus had a song, remember? Your achy, breaky heart. Don't, someone, something like that. Something like that. Lying dancing. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, see, the Bible says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. It's, it's, it goes, that's biblical. Where your finances are, where your treasure is, there's where your heart's going to be. So we can tell where your, where your heart is through your finances. And here in the opening portion of Scripture, okay, we once again see the principle of the tithe as holy, sanctified, separated, and devoted to God. But it's being touched. And brings us to the fourth song. 
by MC Hammer. Right? Can't touch this. You're not supposed to touch the tithe. It's holy. It's separated unto God. Like, and I've said it before, and, but you need to understand it because it's a fact and it's a truth. The reason a lot of our, 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 you know, our neighborhoods are in the predicament they are today is because too many people are touching the tithe out of ignorance. Sometimes because ain't nobody got any guts to go in and preach the gospel in the hood and tell the truth. He's going to talk about money. I got it. Yes, I'm going to talk about money. Uh, matter of fact, next time we have a street meeting in Dakota, I'll preach on finances. I'm just kidding. Okay. And he's so I'll preach on finance. But people, you know, because they're afraid sometimes. And fear is the opposite of faith. It's the devil saying, how dare you come into the hood and preach on, fun, on money? That's fear. Can't be like that. Huh? See, the city of Jericho, and Aniva covered it very beautifully yesterday. Those of you that were able to go, you, you understand. The city of Jericho, as Israel was finally moving in to conquer the promised land, coming into Canaan's fair land. God was separating and sanctifying the first city as the first fruits unto himself. Jericho was the first fruits. And the Bible speaks about it in the scripture. The first fruit should be devoted to the Lord. And we talked about, you know, the, the law or, or, or the, the, you know, the, how, what, the ritual of the first fruits, giving of your first fruits. That's what the Bible says. Bring your first fruits into the storehouse of God. And we've covered before what first fruit means. It means when the first fruits come out from the tree, those are the ones that are holy and devoted and should be offered and given to God. But you have to do it how? In faith. Because the just shall live by faith or just shall give by faith. Because there's no guarantee. See, God's testing us. There is no guarantee that you're going to have second fruits, third fruits, fourth fruits. No, you know what? There is a guarantee. It's right here. Right here. This is guaranteed. Uh, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I'm righteous. Nor a seed begging for tortillas. I never, I never do that. Uh, see, in other words, God supplies all your, I guess, needs. <laughs> Hallelujah. According to his great riches and great, great riches in glory to God. Hallelujah. But you got to do it by faith. When you come and you bring your tithe, when you bring your first fruits, you do it by faith. Because some of you are like, oh my God, my bills. Do it by faith. And watch what God will do. Open up the windows of heaven, put a blessing. You won't even be able to contain. See, Jericho was to belong totally, completely, only to God. That's it. That's why they were going to burn it. Matter of fact, they do burn it. Uh, you say, man, what a waste of a city. No, not really. Uh, no, no, it was devoted unto the Lord. Now, we've said, we've covered here before. Remember when, when they broke the woman with the alabaster box? She broke it and she poured it on Jesus' feet. And what did Judas say? What a waste. Uh, the Judases always have that word. What a waste. Uh, when you give your tithe and the people start figuring out your, your family or friends or brother, you mean, okay, you give 10% to the, to, to, to the church. No, you don't. You give it to God. Remember I said it before. If you give it to the church, you give it to yourself because you're the church. It'd be like you get it from here and put it over here. I gave my money to the church. Uh, no, you devote it, you give it to God by faith. Okay? They will say, what a waste. Judas said, what a waste. Uh, Canada will say, it's not a waste. You might say, man, the whole city of Jericho burned. What a no, no, no. God took it. Uh, it belongs to the Lord. That's the reason why it was supposed to be burned. Once the treasure was stored away for God's use. See, but Achan had a, 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 you know, a covetousness in his heart. And he took some of the devoted, sanctified, holy things, the Bible says, that were to be set aside for God. 
for God's use. You see, it's important to remember and to understand that God always has a portion of everything that's supposed to be separated and sanctified and devoted to himself, always, including the tithe of our finances. Uh, and when you give, really, you know, and there's nothing wrong. People will say, where does the money go? It's okay, good question. And we'll let you know. Anytime you want to know, we'll, we'll tell you. But really, when you give to God, it's supposed to come. And I, and I titled an Eva sermon yesterday, No Strings Attached. It's supposed to give it unto the Lord. He's going to get burned anyways. Boy, if there's ever a church where your tithes get burned, it's here. You know, it really means used. It gets used here. Quick. I mean, every time at the end of the year, you know, when you're doing out here, you see, sometimes we barely made it. You know, you come to January and say, how much did you have from last January? We barely made it. You know, if you, a penny here, a penny there. Usually we're below. I don't know how we made it. I don't know if you understand what I said. In other words, we're, we're below budget. But we're still breathing. Hallelujah. We're still here. Uh, but it, you're supposed to give with no strings attached. Because it's going to get burned. That's what it's for. Uh, I mean, Jesus, when an evil was preaching, God showed me. Jesus, see, God will never ask you to do something he doesn't do. God asked you to tithe. Does God tithe? Yes, he did. 2,000 years ago on the cross. He gave. Lavishly. He gave his best. And really, you know, I, I don't think any scholars would, would, would biblical scholars would, would differ with me here, but Jesus was the tithe. Because he was the burnt offering. He was set for destruction. Uh, you know, I was telling the leaders here this morning, uh, a burnt offering in the Old Testament, what they would do, they get the doves or whatever they would get, the, they, would, they would bring unto the Lord. They would get the dove and they would cut them like this and this. And then they would burn them at the altar. Which is signifying the cross. Getting ready to God. When every time they would do that, God would see the cross that his son was going to be, you know, uh, uh, destroyed on, burned on, totally annihilated. Uh, boom. Uh, and so Jesus, in a sense, was God's tithe. So he's never going to ask us to do something that we haven't done. Uh, so it all belongs to God. See, the word holy in the Bible means sanctified. The word sanctified doesn't mean sinless or doesn't mean perfect, does it? All right, sanctified holy, it doesn't mean you're perfect. Uh, like they call the Pope, the Holy Father. They can do that, but it doesn't mean he's perfect. Because it doesn't mean that in the Greek or in the, or in the Hebrew, the word holy. Okay? It simply means set aside, dedicated. It means devoted for a particular usage and a particular purpose. Take, for instance, this pulpit here. Okay? It's sanctified and it's set aside. For God's particular purpose, which is preaching God's word. But it doesn't mean that this thing is perfect. Trust me, it's not. I've hit it too many times. This is not perfect. But it's holy, it's sanctified, it's separated for God's use. And I don't hit it too much anymore because you should see all the stuff we got underneath here. Just trying to keep it, you know. We got a new one. Okay, we got a new one and we're going to start using it. But we don't use it too often here. Because we got to wait till we get a new building. All right. Uh, but sometimes we do use it here. But, and I've already tested it. Uh, some of you heard, last time I preached Pastor Sonny's at the Mighty Men of Valor last, last year, I broke Sonny's pulpit. Uh, I've been going to the gym too much. Ay, ay, ay. But in other words, I hope you get the picture. It's, it's, it's not perfect, but it's separated unto God's use. Okay? Even my Bible. They call it the what Bible? The Holy Bible. Doesn't mean, you know, but what it means is it's, it's, it's separated for God's usage. That doesn't mean that it's, it's, uh, it's in perfect shape. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, why don't you get a new one? Oh, good, no. Uh, these are the ones, you know how it is. You have all those writings in there. You know, I'm not going to throw mine in the laundry. 
Aleluya. Those of you that may not know, my wife threw hers in the laundry last week. Ay, ay, ay. See, when something became sanctified in God's word, man could not touch it. Can't touch this. Okay? It was set apart for God's usage. Remember the Ark of the Covenant? It was God lived in the Ark. That was God's place. The Bible says that when they went to go get it after they had been stolen out of Babylonian captivity, they sent two guys that, you know, they didn't quite understand. And so when the ark was falling, they should have let it fall. But Uzziah and one other guy, they went and tried to grab it, and they died. It's just like that. Remember, they were trying to help God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. See, what I'm doing here today, I'm, bringing, I'm giving you some knowledge. There won't be too many excuses now. So you're going to say, man, I wish I'd have never known. You got to tithe, Harold. Uh, come on, Matilda. Uh, no, no, no. We want, to, we want to make our neighborhoods a better place. We don't want them destroyed for lack of knowledge. We have to understand. And that's what I'm bringing out to you here. To have a better understanding of God's word, especially when it comes to the devoted things. You can't touch it. Uzziah touched the Ark of the Covenant, and he died. He was destroyed. See, there's a number of things in the Bible that were sanctified. The tithe was one of them. I'm going to cover two here today. The tithe was one of the things that was holy and set apart for the Lord's usage. See, the first tenth was holy, not the last tenth. The first tenth, the first fruits. Okay, and it cannot be touched because it is holy and it is sanctified to God. The firstborn, the Bible says, of every animal and every human is also sanctified to the Lord. Matter of fact, I need to use these scriptures and I want you to turn to it right now. Leviticus 27. Leviticus 27. I'm going to use about four portions of scripture today. This is the second one. Beginning in verse 28. Do you have it? But nothing that a man owns and what? Devotes. There's a word devotion to the Lord. Whether man or animal or family land may be sold or redeemed Everything so devoted is most holy to the Lord. No person devoted to destruction may be ransomed. He must be put to death. A tithe or tenth of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. If a man redeems any of this tithe, he must add a fifth to the value of it. The entire tithe of the herd of the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod, will be holy to the Lord. Uh, even the firstborn is to be separated and sanctified to God. This was in order to secure that people would be set apart for full-time ministry. That's why God picked the tribe of Levi. He says, man, I'm forget about it. You're picking everything. I'm just going to pick one tribe, the tribe of Levi. They're going to be separated unto me, sanctified, so that we'll have full-time ministers. That's why it's important to have full-time ministry. The other day we had a, on Thursday we had a, we're entering into a new realm in our, in our church of organization. We have some committees, three different committees of which we want to do some work and, and, and take our church on to another level. And we were talking about, you know, the fact that we, we need some, some secretaries, we need some workers, and hey, but the only way you can get it is through the finances. We don't have the money right now to do that. And that's sad and bad, but it'll happen. Yeah. Amen? Because we need some people, you know, to be able to be trained. God bless you, Victor, may I help you? Yes. Uh, all that stuff, it's so vital, so very important, sanctified, holy unto the Lord. In the Bible, the word, you know, the word of God is holy as well. It cannot be touched or tampered with. See, Jesus also was holy. 
He was the first fruit, Hebrew says, of everybody that was to come later. He was the firstborn, the first fruits. That's the reason why you can't touch and tamper with Jesus. He's, a, he's holy. He's separated. See, it's very serious to touch and to tamper with the things of God that have been sanctified and set apart for God's use. Remember the example of Adam and Eve and the tree of knowledge of good and evil? God had set this tree apart for himself, holy, sanctified, devoted. Remember, he says, you can't touch the, 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 that tree. Now, I've done a study on this stuff, and so I'm, you know, I don't want to bring out something to you that might be sacrilegious, but there was ten types. Okay, I'm not a zoologist or biologist, or one of the, but there was ten types of trees in the garden. And ten, Aniva, is a number of what? Redemption. And he's preached on this before here as well. And there was ten types. I started thinking, wow, that's right along with what Aniva had to say. Okay, and one type belonged to God. The other nine types were yours, head on. Or stomach on, whatever you take, hallelujah. Uh, they're yours. But you can't touch this one. It's wholly separated unto the Lord. Okay? And Adam and Eve, the Bible says, got covetous and they touched God's tree. Nine belonged to Adam and Eve. The tenth belonged to God. It's important, my friend, you know, not to rob and take from God the devoted things. Original sin is based on the tithe. When they took of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that's when sin entered the world. Sin entered the world through the tithe. That's, that's where it came in. Ah, because we touched it. Look at Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. Verses 2 through 5. Third portion of scripture we want to cover here this morning. Genesis 4 beginning in verse 2. Do you have it? Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of, some, some, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions, uh, the best, from the top, first fruits. That's what he did. He brought the fat portions, the, the, the first fruits, from some of the firstborn, the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. So a lot of us get, look at the predicament, I wish I was never born. Then tithe. <laughs> uh, you want to get out of the predicament you're in? Then give to God the first fruits, the fat portion. Give him the best, and he'll do the rest. Yeah, that's how you put yourself in blessings way. I mean, it's biblical. Do you believe the Bible? Okay, be a believer, not a want to believer. And that's what the Bible's talking about here. We need to understand that. See, Cain brought only an offering. But Abel brought tithes and offering. See, but a tenth was included in the first fruits. See, Abel tithed, but Cain had an aching, breaking heart. Again, the reason why in the opening scripture, Achan, we're getting back to Achan now, was not to touch anything from Jericho, was because Jericho was a tithe to God. That's what Jericho was. It was a tithe. That's why you can't touch Jesus. He's God's tithe. Hmm? Belong to the Lord. What did I say earlier? Uzziah touched the tithe. Cain, Achan, Adam and Eve touch what God had already set apart. That's the right reason why even the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. You ever read that in the scripture? It's talking about ministers. Touch not my anointed, my ministers, and do my prophets no harm. Don't touch them. Why? Because they're separated. They're holy unto the Lord. Doesn't mean that we're, like I said, oh, I'm so holy. No. By holy we means we're separated. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. 
Okay. How many of you, and you can be truthful, but you don't have to raise your hand. How many of you has Pastor Steve ever hurt? If I haven't, then I'll make an altar call right now. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm telling you, somehow or another, the devil makes sure I'm going to hurt you. I don't go looking for it. I'm a pretty nice guy. Yes, I am. I know me. I don't have an identity crisis. I'm a pretty nice guy. But somehow, some way, the devil's going to make sure. That'll happen. But the Bible says, hey, I'm not perfect. I'm holy. I'm separated. I'm sanctified for his use. That's it. Doesn't mean Some of you are even more holier than me. Yeah, probably. But I'm sanctified. And he says, touch not my prophet. Do him no harm. Ah. Even your body. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, present your body holy and acceptable. Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Holy means separate. It means sanctified. If you're a Christian, your body is, is, is holy and sanctified. It's supposed to be separated for God's use. Not for somebody else's use until you get married. What's he talking about, Mom? I hope you don't know. Uh, yes, he's talking about that. Sex, yes, sex. Uh, but until then, this, this body is holy and separated unto the Lord. Uh, that's why you shouldn't put any chemicals in this thing. There's any scriptures against using marijuana. Uh, you know, them reggae singers, they sing about marijuana and God at the same time. Try jaw love. Uh, nah. See, when you put chemicals in your bodies, that will be abuse. And 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, your body has been bought with a price. The bought word mod means redeemed. It's been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So you're supposed to be devoted unto God. Uh, that's why you're not supposed to use all that stuff. It's, it, this is holy unto the Lord. Uh, those of you that start dating, touch. Really, I already told you, you, you can use that song, can't touch this. Uh, I'm a holy roller. Uh, I've been devoted to God. Hallelujah. Uh, until you get the marriage vow. Now the vow belongs to thou. But that's a little bit later. That's a little later. That's later. Until then. Until then. You heard the sermon? Can't touch this. Mm. I talked about the tithe. Now I'm going to close by talking about a vow or a pledge. A vow and a pledge is also holy unto God. That's what the Bible says. Let your yea be yea and your nay be yea. Huh? Because when you make a pledge to God, and I'm going to prove it to you right now, it's very holy. As holy as the tithe. See, pledges. These become holy once you've committed these things to the Lord. Things that you pledge to God at the altar are also holy. They're also sacred. The altar is holy ground. So be careful what you say and what you pledge to God when you're at the altar. Don't falter at the altar. Some people come and toy with the altar. Yes, God. Oh, yes, God. Yeah. Uh-uh. I'm going to prove it to you right now. God is here heavy. I've said it before. It's worth coming to victory just for the altar calls. Because something happens here. What happens here? God is here. God is waiting. God is like, I mean, he, he, he knows the devotion that happens here. And he'll hold you to it. The gifts and the call of God are beyond repentance. What you vow at this altar, trust me. Trust God's word. Trust the Lord. He remembers. He remembers. Uh, somebody that got saved when you were younger. Then when you went on. 
But then what? You were able to come back. Why? God remembered that. God's always going to remember Caitlin's dedication. Always. Always. He was here. She was here. Parents brought her to devote her to the Lord. I told you before, when I got dedicated, I was about seven or eight years old. Remember that? I already had a mustache. All babies, about Caitlin's age, the Methodist Church. My dad had just gotten saved. You know, and so they, he found out about the dedication ceremony. And he says, hey, I've got to dedicate my kids, but especially that one. He's the oldest one. They said, you know, so I, I remember, man, they dressed me up, and I had a tie and, you know, a white shirt. And, you know, all kinds of babies and me. I didn't really, I didn't know exactly what happened. You know, I wanted to go play in their drivings. You know, I wanted to go do what, I, what kids do at church. You know, tic-tac-toe and all that stuff, you know. Okay, 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 that's right. Forget tic-tac-toe. I'll be right back. Remember that. Don't, don't, don't change the mood. I went up there. But God was looking. God saw that my parents were devoting me unto the Lord. See, I hope, church, that you understand what I'm getting at today. See, Paul said, I shun not to preach the whole gospel to you. And it's important for me as your pastor to do the same thing with you. Even and especially when it comes to finances. We've got to preach the whole gospel to you. Man, he's wasting a sermon on money. Come on, Judah, shut up. Hallelujah. No, it's not. You're going to thank me. Many of you are going to thank me. That's how you're going to do You're going to put yourself in blessings way. Man, especially when you come riding up in your brand new car. And be, be, be ready. They're going to tell you this. Ooh, easy for you to praise the Lord. No, no, it wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy. It took a while, man. I had, to, I had to fight the lies of the devil in church when they preach about money. But I'm glad I did it. I'm, I'm telling you. God's going to bless you. See, there's a number of churches where the pastors are fearful and afraid to speak on money. I know. Many times I get like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm fine. You can't, you can't be like that. Uh, see, what they're doing to their churches is allowing actually a curse and defeat to enter into their ranks when they don't preach about money. Oh, no, not this time. No, no. They're, they're allowing the enemy to come in. They're allowing the curse to still, you know, live in that church, to move in that church. Because the people are even ignorantly, even ignorantly, touching the things that are holy and separated unto God. And Eva talked about this yesterday. That, that's what weakens the church, when you touch God's things. It weakens us. What happened? And you can read it there in the portion of the scripture of Joshua. After they conquered Jericho, remember, they went after a city called... AI. AI, AI. Sounds like Tim rapping or something, you know. AI. If you read the account of AI, and I've preached on this before, I'm going to bring it out again. It was like, and don't take it personal, but it's like, you know, East Oakland, East San Jose, Stockton, and hey, we're getting together to go dust. Alvarado. And you can all their force, everybody, you know? All right, yeah. And, and what happened, if you read it, you know, they said, well, you know what, don't, don't send everybody. Save, save, save some of the fellas. Just send a little troop over here. Just send a few guys over here. The Bible says, when they went, old Alva came to play. <laughs> they have jackets that say that, you know? Uh, they dusted all those guys. Bible says they came out of the Israelites came out of AI with their tail between their, you know, dangling. <laughs> uh, they got beat. They got destroyed because they were weakened because they touched the devoted thing. 
That's what, listen, we're a church that goes all over the world. You can weaken us. We can be weakened if, we don't, if we're touching God's tithe and God's, God's pledges and what God wants. Uh-uh. But listen, Victor Average, we, we got a heavy work to do. And I pray that we all pull together, that we can be strong wherever we go. Because why? We're not touching the devoted thing. We're doing what God has asked us to do. We don't want to be powerless. That's what happened to the Israelites when they touched the devoted thing. Remember Ananias and Sapphira? My wife talked about that yesterday. Uh, they too uh, had made a vow. Their land was holy. They talked about land there. They, they had devoted it, sanctified it as an offering to the Lord. The offering here, in this case with Ananias and Sapphira, had become a vow. It had become a pledge. It had become holy. See, church, when you promise God something, whether it's your involvement, your energy, whatever it might be, when you make that vow, you've automatically, automatically, you've put that vow right alongside the tithe. It's as holy as a tithe. It carries as much weight as the tithe. And we need to understand that. You automatically make that vow holy. That vow should be sanctified for the Lord's use, not for yours. And you and I should do all that we can to see that that vow is carried out. Just as meticulous as paying our tithes and our offerings should be. Remember, when God gets, he always gets what is, what is his. If there's anything I've taught you, God always gets what is his. He always will. Uh, give it to him now or give it to him later. Uh, you know, when I was, I'm telling you about when I got dedicated to God from about the age of seven. I went to church, the Methodist church from about seven to 12, almost 13. But I still remember, I still remember I had a heart for God. As a young person, I had a heart for God. You know, yes, I lived in the neighborhood. Yes, I knew what, what, what awaited me. But there was something about this, this Christian stuff. Man, even when I went out using drugs, when I was out, hair, all that stuff, there was still something in here. I didn't know what to call it, but now I know what to call it. It was called a vow that God had hurt a little seven-year-old boy. Let me go on. Let me go on. Okay. Thank you for letting me. Uh, see, and here's what I wanted to get at. That vow... That vow saved my life. Uh, I've had to bury some of my friends that I ran hard with. I don't know where they're at. <laughs> These two guys that I've, I've written their names down right here, both of them, they were too much. These guys were real hard, proud individuals. And I ran with them, even with a heart like I had as growing up Methodist. Uh, but I ran with these dudes. And they died within a year of each other. When I would get together with one, the other one didn't want to be with the other one. They were both proud dudes. They hated each other, but they liked me. But if I was with one of them, and the other guy would say, oh, you know, and then later, what were you doing with that dude, man? He had money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, drug addict life, you know. But these two dudes were proud. But you know what I've heard from both of them, both of them. A correctional officer told me in, 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 in the prison there in a, they have a new one where the real good hospital is in, I forgot the name of the city. But they, he did nine years straight in Soledad and they transferred him to Delano because they had a better hospital and they would send him to the hospital there. But the correctional officer told me, oh, you mean, I gave him the guy's name. He said, oh, you mean the guy that picked up the Bible? Woo-hoo. Four months before he died, they told me he picked up the Bible. And his favorite saying was, Ma didn't raise no lame. Then the other guy, 
his sister at the funeral. She told me, oh, I, he asked for a Bible when he was in the hospital. And I gave it to both of them. So I don't really know what happened there with it, but I know what happened to me. I know what happened to me. That vow saved me. Uh, because God followed me. The gifts and the call of God are beyond repentance. When I made that vow, when I was seven years old, the difference between me and those two guys, God followed me. The hound dog of heaven followed me wherever I would go. Uh, that vow followed me to the streets, to jails, to prison, uh, to my overdoses, in my sin, until finally I came to Victory Outreach 25 years ago. It followed me. That vow saved me. And as holy, my friend, is paying the tithes to God, so was my 12, 13-year-old vow that I made some 35 years ago. See how important a vow can be? Don't minimize that. That's the reason why the Bible says, like I said, the gifts and the call of God are beyond repentance. It works both ways. Understand what I'm saying right here. The vow works both ways. Yes, it's going to be holy and separated to God. Yes, it's going to be for God's usage. Yes, God's going to burn it up. But it's also good for you. That's what I'm trying to say. The vow is invaluable. And you've got to value it. Uh, I like what one of the brothers talked about value the other day. He's here today. I'm going to use this little thing on value. He talked about, we were at the leaders meeting. Well, we were having a meeting, for, excuse me, for the committees. And he said that somebody had a pretty good little sofa, but he, he didn't want it no more. And he put it out in the neighborhood. And it was in the neighborhood. It was in the hood. He put the sofa out there. And he put the sign, free. Two hours later, he came back. The sofa was still there. Free, free. Nobody wanted it. You know, came back another hour later, free, it's still there with a sign free. So finally what the guy did is he put a sign on it. $250. They came, he came back a half hour later, they stole it. <laughs> hey, what works, man. <laughs> right, Victor? Huh? <laughs> huh? Because what you value... You know, people value finances, you know what I mean? Ooh, it's valuable. Ay, 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 huh? You got to value the things of God. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And it doesn't, the blood of Jesus didn't come cheap. Ah. See, when you and I promise something to God, rest assured, God doesn't forget. The marriage vows, God doesn't forget. It's sacred. The dedication we did here today, it's sacred to God. See, it's vital and also of A1 importance. Vowing, my friend, that you're going to, Raise a child in the things of God. That's sacred, what they have just done. It's a sacred vow that Michael and Kathleen did. Vows help us to do great things in the Lord. Yes, they do. I mean, your children are watching you. Sometimes the only thing that's going to keep you going is your vow. I vow to God. I don't feel God right now. I don't understand the thing. I mean, I don't even know if God exists right now. I mean, it's heavy right now. But one day, I made that vow to God, and I don't care. I'm going to keep going. Venga lo que venga. Come what may. But I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep going too. That's the vow. There's power in a vow. And how. Hallelujah. Oh. Vows are so, so powerful. See, again, I might not be perfect. Like this Bible. But I'm separated. I'm sanctified for the master's use. Some of you made vows to God a number of years ago. Even a few months ago. Keep your vow. Pay your tithes. Keep your vows. See, both have the same commitment to God. The tithing and the pledging, the vows. See, this is one of the ways we're going to be able to do what God has called us to do. Some of you here today have broken a number of your vows. You have an aching Breaking heart. You've broken some of your vows. Your pledges to God. Well, you have the opportunity to get right. 
What are some of the things that you've pledged to God? God, I'm going to serve you. God's going to follow you. Do it now. Don't throw your vow away. Because there's power in that. When every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God moving in ministry. I want to just say a prayer. We dealt with finances here. 